You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all, the NFC Beast Mixtape. You can listen to this show on any one of SB Nation's NFC East podcast networks that is blogging the boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Big Blue View for the New York Football Giants, or Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders. You can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blogging the boys YouTube channel. We are very very excited here. It is Tuesday, January 17th for us as we record. I say us. He is Brandon Lee Gatton from BGN. I am RJ Ochoa from BTB. Brandon, NFC beast, baby. We coined it. Nobody else. It is really sad to see all these people acting like they invented this phrase. And then people, when, when you tweet it out, like it did, and you try to let people know that, they're like, no, actually, this person did. It's like, no, no, they didn't actually do that. And uh, But I will say, RJ, what a historic feat this is. The, the fact that three teams in the same division have made it this far into the divisional round in the playoffs. That's crazy, especially when you consider where this division was at just, what, a couple of years ago? Just last were... year. Pe- people, I mean, I know that they had two playoff teams, but you know they both got bounced in the first round, and, and people were still kind of cracking the NFC East jokes. But you're right. Two, it was just two years ago that the NFC East winner had a below 500 record. <laughs> um, so life can change very quickly. You said this point. This is literally the last point where you can have three teams um, from, from one division in the playoffs. Um, so they made it as far as they possibly could. The commanders couldn't carry their end of the bargain. That would be truly wild if you had a final four that was all four teams in the division. If we had had to pick one team to join the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants, would we not have picked the Niners due to our connection to Rob Stats Guerrero? Mm. It is pretty funny. And I do want to, uh, if I didn't, I, did I say second, the second time this has ever happened? It's actually it is, third. It is. Um, there was some confusion, and there was the tweet you sent me, um, and I had a back and forth with that individual on late Shout Monday night. Denise that, Selman, yeah. Uh, that was incorrect. So the I think it's 1997 was the last time that this happened. It was the old NFC Central. Is that correct? Right. I think you have it in front of you. The Yeah, the Packers, the Vikings, and the Buccaneers. So right. it's only the third time. Crazy that's only ha- ever happened in the NFC. And two out of the three times it's been this division. Who cares about that fake? That's not even a real division anymore. So, so, well, so the yeah, the 97 one was the NFC Central. You just mentioned that. The other instance, though, because this is, is one in and of itself, was 1992 uh, when the Cowboys and Eagles um, were both in, in the playoffs. And they met one another in the division around at Texas Stadium. And the Washington franchise at the time was there as well. The Cowboys obviously won the Super Bowl. Um, and, and the Niners were in that playoff mix as well. That was the, mm-hmm. you know, actually before Monday night, that was the most recent road playoff win for the Cowboys franchise. But um, that, that you know, ever see one of those like memes or whatever that's like um, somebody's like last day I pooped my pants and there's like a, a day what? counter. And it says like what? three thousand. You've never seen these like little little jokes. Like it's like somebody has like a whiteboard, and it says the like counter. Like, sure, but why that example? I've seen. You've never seen like on TikTok. Like the it's like I guess the more popular one is like um, most recent like 
office incident or whatever. Right. Um, then, then that's somebody what I like have gone right, right. instead of pooping your pants. <laughs> whatever. Uh, well, the Bucks pooped their pants on uh, yeah, on, on Monday night. But uh, but anyway, the counter has been reset for the Cowboys as far as road playoff wins. We do have three teams in the division around in the division. Just an incredible year for the NFC East mixtape. We have a very hectic week. So just to kind of lay things out, and it's been a busy day for me. So Brandon and I are kind of planning this here in the moment on the fly. Uh, in a moment, a brief moment, uh, well, kind of a quick, a long moment, Ed Valentine, a big blue view, is going to join us on this episode of the mixtape to talk about the Giants and Eagles game that we're going to see on Saturday night. We've never done this before, what we're trying to do, and that is literally have Ed join us mid-conversation um, just to give everyone a peek behind the curtain. It makes it easier to edit this in post-production, so hopefully we land this plane. Um, but so that is episode one of two this week, Brandon. What is the second NFC's mixtape that people are getting? Well, I think people will be very excited to get probably our most loyal listener on the podcast, on, on the show, and that is one Rob Stats Guerrera. So basically, you know, it's a NFC East version of the Look Ahead, which is what the podcast really should be named, uh, the Friday SB Nation NFL show, where we look ahead to all the games, except we're going to bring stats in to our turf here and mess with them. And talk, talk about the, the Eagles, or sorry, the uh, 49ers Cowboys game. Well, and potentially Eagles Niners. Obviously, that's one permutation of sure. NFC championship game possibilities at this point. You mentioned the SB Nation NFL show. Ed and I had a conversation with Pete Tweeney on the Monday version of that show. So um, Ed and, and I and Pete um, kind of recapped the Giants Vikings victory. We're not going to do that here today. We're going to spin forward a little bit uh, with Ed and BLG, kind of go Giants Eagles back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But before we do that, Brandon, um, these are unique times. So we're not going in divisional order. We have to talk Cowboys Buccaneers since that's the most recent thing the Eagles obviously had the week off 31 to 14 the final score for the Cowboys again road playoff win first time Navy jerseys jinx grass whatever Tom Brady they finally beat him blah 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 um I think even you would have to admit it was an impressive effort by the Cowboys yeah um no bones about it um Cowboys played well there isn't really anything you can really pick apart other than the kicking situation which is certainly uh something to monitor I guess (laughs) moving forward it's like a big deal but other than that um, when your kicker is your biggest problem, it's you know not the worst place to be. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was all around impressive performance. There were some injuries as well. I kind of want to get your you know take on those, not take, but like you know your uh, little status update because I, I didn't see what all kind of shook out from that. Um, but yeah, all around impressive win. I will say, RJ, what do I always say? What's my what's my line that I always uh, use on this podcast? M- what's my famous line? C- MCBT. That's right, baby. More than one thing can be Oh, true. my gosh. Shout out to shirt. Holden. Holden got me a shirt. Uh, what really the hell, Holden? Buddy. Holden and I are friends. I can't. <laughs> wow, I'm hurt. Well, I have an extra uh, one in this color, too. In, I don't want the that GM one. logo. Well, I, I think want you want that one. That one. You, you, you're, what's your favorite color? Uh, Probably what's blue. Color? I mean, I, as, as, as a child, it was real, green. What's your real favorite color? It's green. Well, like, anyway, I, wait. Hold I like the color green, but I have more like navy things like than anything else. So more more than one thing can be true in a serious way. Um, impressive win by the Cowboys at the same time, man. And I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Cowboys. I'm just saying, objectively, this Buccaneers team stinks, man. They they suck. They are a bad I, team. Cowboys beat them, so congrats to them for doing it. But that Bucks team is also just bad. I agree. However, would you say this was the least close game of the Super Wild Card weekend? Like, I know that Niners Seahawks got away from, you know, or the game got away from itself, but it was it was kind of close. Like, right? certainly at halftime, the Seahawks even led, right? This was the, yep. the least contested game of Super Wild Card weekend. And so um, I'm I'm not going to be like, you can't say this or whatever. So that Tom, like, look, on some level, it is beating Tom Brady. By the way, Tom Brady has now lost to every NFC East team in the playoffs, except 
for the Washington franchise. Granted, he lost um, to the Eagles and Giants and Super Bowls. Um, but so, you know, you can add the Cowboys to that list in a, in a much more shy way. Um, but so they, they won with authority. Like they, they were, they are this much of a better team than the Bucks. And so I think the, it's not like they eat this out. It's not like it was ever close. It's not like it was ever in doubt. The only part of it that was kind of flirty with danger to your point was early on when the extra points were being missed, um, to kind of tackle that subject. Now, um, we're recording this Tuesday at 11, 16 AM central time right now. Jerry Jones said the Cowboys would evaluate the situation in his appearance on the fan, um, one five, three on Tuesday morning. I'm, I'm kind of torn. I think like 95% of me says you you ride this out with Brett Maher. There, there is a natural mm. 5%, you know, insecure version that's like, I don't know. He has been wonderful for them. And for any Eagles fan that is unaware, um, he had a really awful experience with the Cowboys in 2019. Just a, a horrendous end to his tenure with the team. Uh, bounced around a little bit, had a, a, a cup of coffee with the Saints last year. And the Cowboys brought him back after a disastrous kicking experiment in training camp. And I ate a lot of crow on Brett Maher, and I was really happy about that. And so it really – I'm so interested to see what the viewership for this game is because I bet it is just a stupid number. Um, I feel really badly for him that he had been so good, and, and he was not just bad but, like, meltdown bad in, in such a massive moment. Yeah, I mean, it's something to watch. <laughs> Certainly, like, that's going to be a huge factor, you know, in, in, like, against the 49ers, against the Eagles, if it gets to that point, and if they get to the Super Bowl somehow, like, that, that's probably going to be, that could be the difference in a game and that alone, and I remember going into the season, uh, there was some, you know, I think some concern, consternation, right? Sure. Is that fair to say about the, what the Cowboys were doing at kicker? And yeah, to your point, he had a great year, but it's a really bad time, and it's four. Like, it's four, man. That's That's so many to blow. I um I was fine with them giving him the fourth opportunity. That one came in the second half. And I was, you know, because like, okay, it's new half. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's some sort of reset involved there. Uh, but that's when it was like, okay, this is this is really. Let's like, go for two <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But I mean, it, at this point, it's like, oh, man. And like people want to. And, and it's fair to say like, well, maybe it was the grass. Well, you know what San Francisco is? It's a grass field. If they have to go to Philly, you know what Philly is? Yeah. It's a grass field. So like that factor isn't going away. Mm-hmm. Um, I Again, I'm I'm in. I'm inclined to trust Brett Maher myself. I definitely trust the Cowboys to evaluate the situation. Um, so I, I have a, a take. Uh, it's not like a, a what is it? Uh, an olive branch? Is that the peace offering symbol? I'm not yeah. offering anything like that. I I'm not saying like admit you're scared of Dak Prescott, but I think we're at a place where we can say we're afraid of every single one of these teams. I think we can just be honest about this and like. Cowboys fans are afraid of the Niners, the Eagles, the Giants on some level. I think Eagles fans have to, you know, have watched Monday night and Giants fans as well and say, yeah, Dak Prescott was like cooking all sorts of stuff. Mike McCarthy was was ready to go. Kellen Moore, like if you're not like, again, in an intellectual way, afraid of this team, I don't think you're being fair. I want to give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit for going for it, you know, on that fourth down. Um, I mean, it was a no brainer to me in that situation, the fourth and goal, just because especially it offense looks so hard for the bucks and give the Cowboys credit, you know, for playing them tight. But like, you could just see like that offense, it just, at any time they were driving, it was like pulling teeth. It was like barely that one first down pass that Brady had in the red zone. I think before their, that pick there where he like flips that pass to oh, uh, and, and Micah almost got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is like so ugly. This is like being held together, like duct tape and glue. Like this is not good. Um, and yeah, so I, I thought McCarthy had a good game. I thought Dak, this is the Dak that I think, you can brag about like not the one who's turning the ball over. I know not all those are his fault, but he took care of the ball. He played a super efficient game. If you go by EPA per or just EPA, oh, the in general, EPA per play was insane. I mean, it's it was like one of the all time playoff performances. So yeah, I mean, I, again, I can't really poke holes at anything about this performance. It was a great win. It was, um, 
you know, everybody, I, I don't, I'm curious if you agree, this isn't important, but do you agree that the like, um, presentation of this game all day long felt like a Super Bowl, like the amount of attention and like all of, I, I'm not saying it was no. a Super Bowl, but like, I, it just, it felt like, and, and obviously it was a Cowboys game. So like, I'm, you know, I have a yeah, different level of attention to focus. like a, a year perspective thing. It just, it. I think it felt that way because like every ESPN show was like kind of based out of the game, right? Like, and you see that, like they have their sets at the Super Bowl, whatever the case may be. So it, it had like a similar energy. I wouldn't know the Cowboys have made the Super Bowl, whatever. Um, but so it felt that way. And there were so many people saying like, Dak has to deliver. Dak has to perform. Dak, Dak mm-hmm. has to do this, has to do this. The fact that he answered that call is again, uh, that that's the dude that like, at least I'm talking for myself here, I have always said is there. Like, and it's impractical to expect him to be or anyone to be that person every single week in the NFL. But the fact that he played like that when everything was on the line, and again, I recognize this is a shell of who Tom Brady has been, but against the greatest player of all time is a really impressive thing. It is. And, you know, you pointed out all the things they kind of conquered in terms of the blue jerseys and the grass field and Brady and everything. So uh, to, to be able to navigate through that, is great. I mean, you'll take it. I guess my question for you is, you know, considering the quality of this Bucks team, um, not good. As I said, finished the season with a negative 62-point differential. Now, obviously, they played another game, and these teams didn't. But can you guess the six teams that finished with a lower point differential this season? In the NFL? Yes, in the entire NFL. Bears, Texans, do I have two? Yep. I'll tell you when, when you're wrong. So the you Rams. Keep going. keep going. The... Who's your least favorite that's the, team? That's that's three. Oh, the Colts. Uh, yep, that's four. Um, the fraud quarterback, NFC West. Um, the Cardinals. Yep. Interesting. I was gonna guess them. And your favorite team from last year, or least favorite team from last year, slash from last our guy year? Russ. Oh, I was I was gonna guess Broncos. the Broncos. Wow. Yeah. So those are the like those are the teams that were worse. You know, than them. So this uh, team... you know, point differential didn't tell you because if you if you win one game, point differential, you win <laughs> you win that game. So, so you know, I, my question for you then, I brought that up, is because, like, you know, obviously any kind of season that doesn't end in the Super Bowl win is going to be disappointing. But, like, let's look at the scenario. Entertain me for a second, if you will. If the Cowboys lose to, admittedly, a very good 49ers team, so it's not like there's, like, the most – it's not, like, extremely disgraceful. But if they lose, like, what is this season to you? Like, is it like, hey, we got a playoff win against the Bucks? Do we, like, do we feel good about that as Cowboys fans is the question. I have to say, like, I um, and I know Ed's going to be joining us shortly, so um, trying to keep things sort of tight and contextualized. And, and we will talk a lot about this Cowboys-Niners game in the second episode of the week, just so we're all clear. Um, like, last year, I had a little bit of, like, the kind of classic Cowboys fan energy, right? Like, this is the – and I know, like, I like to have fun on Twitter and stuff, but, like, this is the year. It's all lining up. This has not been the year. Like, th- this has been so – left-footed and that's where it's been impressive right like and and you mentioned like the the things that they kind of dispel the navy jerseys and the grass field whatever they're not supposed to win games without like tony romo goes down they're done Dak prescott goes down they're done they went four and one without him like that Mm -hmm. in and of itself is kind of emblematic of how again i'm not saying that makes them the greatest team of all time but how different they are uh so a year ago it was like oh of course of, of course to like to get there they have to vanquish the big bad 49ers like that's the story like we we've We've been chasing the story for 30 years now for the Cowboys. What is the the most? Of course, they have to go through Aaron Rodgers. Of course, the story, the story. Like, at this point, the story is, like, really insignificant. The story is really meaningless. Like, it's cool they beat Tom Brady. But um, so to me, it's like, if they lose, then what is the story? Do they lose because Brett Maher missed an extra point? And, right, and that was course. the difference. Do, do they get blown out? Um, I, I will say that the fact that they've they've gotten to this point 
is impressive. That doesn't mean I agree. It, it, it's successful. That doesn't mean you should hang a banner or any sort of silly joke. But I mean, everybody counted them out, myself included. Everybody counted Mike McCarthy out. McCarthy had to go on Rich Eisen's show a week into the offseason to defend his own honor. <laughs> I mean, and, and Sean Payton's out here planting all his in, you know stuff and, and whispering all, to all his sparrows in the media. And Mike McCarthy's just fighting him off. I mean, like, and, and I, I find that to be really impressive. Uh, from Mike McCarthy. Again, they lost Dak Prescott. They beat Tom Brady. I recognize a below 500 Tom Brady, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm very interested to see. I don't think I will have a strong overreaction if they lose. It will be disappointing. It will be devastating sure. in the way that a season ending obviously is. But this is this is the team. This is the team that that broke them, that exposed them for, for being frauds, for being soft. And, and they forged themselves. They forged themselves into this machine. That doesn't mean they're the best team in the NFL, but but they remade themselves and they got back here. And that quality is something that had been absent from this franchise for a very, very long time. Yeah, there's absolutely something to be said for that. I just think it's the, it's, I didn't even think of the specific matchup for when I was asking that question, but because you add that and it's like, if you just get back to the same place where you lose to them again, and look, you know, we're looking, I want to, I'm not just saying like, assuming they're going to lose case. If, if, if the scenario where they win is obvious, it's like, wow, they they beat the boogeyman. That was like the monkey that was on their back. Like they got to the championship game and they did it by beating the team that eliminated them from last year. You can be like, Hey, even if we lose in the championship game, that sucks. That's terrible. But Hey, we made, it feels like we're still pointing in the right direction. We're making progress as opposed to if you don't beat the 49ers and it's like, is this just our ceiling? Is this like what we're destined to do? Like, like maybe win one playoff game um, and that be it. So that's kind of what I was wondering about. I said this um, and we'll talk about this a lot, obviously. And a lot of people will talk about it a lot, but I said it on our post game show. Um, and you know, this, like the Niners get made into, into the Brock Purdy story, right? Like that, that's all, oh, they have Mr. Irrelevant. Like, but that's all the story becomes about them. Um, but like to, to live in that story for a moment. And I saw somebody tweet this. I don't know who it was um, about the Eagles on Monday night or Monday afternoon, but if you had told me or any Cowboys fan and said, like, on the day of the draft or the day of the th- day three of the draft, like, hey, to, to, to get where you haven't been, to get to the NFC Championship game, you have to beat Mr. Relevant in the draft. You would have taken that, right? Like, again, understanding yeah. that, like, football is crazy well, and football is weird, but, like, you would have signed up for that. You don't have to beat Aaron Rodgers. You already beat Tom Brady. Right now, you don't have to beat Jalen Hurts and the Mighty Eagles. Right now, to get to the place you haven't been, you have to beat the last pick in the draft. Granted, he has an army behind him in Kyle Shanahan and Nick Bosa and Debo and Ayuk and everybody. Well, think about that from the Eagles' perspective, too. Like, so you get a first, like, let's say back in August or whatever, I tell you, they get a first round by, then they have to beat Daniel Jones in Philly, and then they have to beat Brock Purdy, potentially, uh, in Philly. It's like, yeah, you sign up for that if that's the case. You do, but those things, like, sound so much, like, and I'm, that's what that was my point. Like, they sound so much simpler than they really are. Like, beating Daniel Jones now is not, like, the easy thing that it would have sounded like a long, long, long time ago. Like now it's it kind of a terrifying thing, <laughs> like, you know, like, mm-hmm. whoa, like Daniel Jones, watch out. And Ed should be joining us um, in a little bit here, actually, maybe about, I don't know, eight more minutes. Um, so, um, with hey, regards- I say, by the way, I just want to take a moment. Let's just give me uh, a big round of applause for a second because lock I went six week. to no in my straight up picks. I went four and two against the spread, including my lock of the week, which was the Cowboys. So that's the thing. Like this game isn't like, wow. So, you know, I, you did a good job on the SB Nation NFL show, getting Pete and Rachel on the record. Like, hey, what's your prediction for this game? I want to know your take beforehand. So then you can't like go after the fact and be like, well, it was only the Bucks. I can I mean, do that and a little bit more so just by comparison, at least because like I was like, I expected them to win. I never thought they were going to lose. I was the only one on BGN actually from our BGN staff picks who picked the Cowboys to win this game. Everyone else picked the Bucks. So I guess I'm like less surprised than others. And, and that's where like I do like that's 
comes back to the like olive branch peace offering whatever like at this point like we've had our fun right like you, eagles fans took their lap you know back in october cowboys fans took their lap on christmas eve and christmas day but like we've all had our fun we've expended our energy like we can all acknowledge that these are four very good teams that these two teams at least that you and i cover specifically are very very good they might be the two best teams in the conference they might not be again contingent upon what happens this week with the 49ers they certainly have a claim to the throne even as the top team um, in the conference and so we'll see about that but like at this point I'm just kind of excited and I'm nervous and I'm anxious and I'm terrified like I'm all of those things in one and I haven't felt that way um, as a Cowboys fan like normally it's been this sense of overconfidence but there's none of that happening right now uh what's going on with the injury situation because we didn't get to that what are the so injuries coming out of this game the, the big one was jaron curse uh but he spoke after the game said he was fine he'd be playing um other than that there were like these moments where like dorance armstrong got a little bit nicked up and everything kind of worked itself out there doesn't seem to be anything micah. any any long micah was fine had the scary moment at the end of the first half we'll see about jason peters that's something that i think should be mentioned um so the cowboys jumbo package involves Connor mcgovern at fullback they it, they deployed that a lot last year uh, when they had more flexibility along the line as a whole. Um, but um, they haven't really had the ability to do that this year just because somebody has always been hurt. Uh, so last night to start the game, the Cowboys trotted out from left to right. Jason Peters, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyler Biotish made his return at center, Zach Martin, obviously, and Tyron Smith at right tackle. I thought this was the best game that Tyron has played at right tackle. He uh, got a stock up for me in my stock report for that reason. Uh, but Jason Peters got nicked up. Doesn't seem to be super serious right now. Again, it's still still super early, so we'll see. Uh, but this sounds strange, but the Cowboys are comfortable with having to live in a world where Peters can't play for them because they just oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they slide Tyler Smith out and Connor McGovern play. I know you're very familiar with that. Well, you, you um, have to. That's what you're signing up for when uh, Jason but, Peters at age but, 41 or whatever. There were a lot of Cowboys fans, though, who when they you know brought this line out, they were like, well, why are you playing Tyron at right tackle? Right, right? If you're going to play Tyler Smith at, at left guard, you might as well play Tyron at left tackle. And I think the reason for that is is the reality that unfolded, right? Like if and when Peters gets hurt, Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you now have to have a plan at left tackle and you have that in Tyler Smith versus if you're playing Tyron Smith at left tackle and Peters is on the right side, if and when Peters gets hurt, you don't have as, as like the, the movement required is much more significant. You're trying to minimize the change that's happening along the line. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Um, what a week that we are in store for. So to set the stage, um, Giants Eagles is Saturday night and that is on. Wait, how did the Giants get to the spot again? Uh, what happened on uh, I mean, Sunday? Look, you know, in your heart of hearts, <laughs> that Kirk Cousins played fairly well. Um, the Vikings defense is just man, and I I will How do you say play I in feel, the final two drives of the game. Must I have feel it so badly for Vikings fans because people like you have been calling them frauds all season long, and <laughs> and when you lose in the first round of the playoffs, like what like that, and that's kind of what happened to the Cowboys last year, right? Like when when people don't believe, and then in your first chance to prove yourself you blow it like you confirm priors like and that's mm. maybe not fair but like that's it is that's fair the, it's objective well, no, data it's, it's, objective it's data suggested they were not as good it's as fair but it's absent of other data like it's it's picking the data you want and you like and there's no refute because it's like you lost <sighs> i mean and i so, think dvoa and point differential and like you know things i'm not like saying that are not that they're like, like, like the best team ever but like they're they they played a good game on sunday and they lost and that's really unfortunate so i feel badly for vikings fans um so as as Ed kind of makes his way here, he should be here very shortly. I said this, and I told Ed, I'm afraid of Brian Dable. Like the worst thing that ever happened to us was the Giants firing Joe Judge. Like holy crap, this dude is this dude's the real deal, man. Yeah, when they hired him, uh, did they hire Shane first or was it him? I think it, it was. 
it was Shane first, I believe. I mean, that would make sense, you know, the Buffalo connection. I don't remember exactly, but either either way, I was I was like, man, and I think we said that here in the mixtape. I'm like, I don't know. It's not. It it would be way too premature at that point to be like the Giants definitely nailed this because of all the, how bad they've been. But it was like you could see how this would work out, right? And I think too many people poo pooed like the fact that you know Josh Allen got way better when he was there. I don't think. Dable deserves all the credit for that, to be clear. You got to give Josh Allen a lot of credit and other factors there in Buffalo. But hey, let's look at Josh Allen this year without Brian Dable. Not looking like quite as good, right? Like that's not irrelevant. So uh, a few things um, on the staff situation, and Ed should be here momentarily, like I said. Um, when it, I feel like the moment that we were like, okay, this is for real, it wasn't like, like we believed in Dable, but it was the Wink Martindale hire. That's when we were like, oh crap, you know, the whole like, staff. Yeah, yeah it was like Kafka too it, was a big deal. Ex- yeah, exactly. It was like coaching interviews now. It, it was like okay, they don't just have like a, a front man. You know what I mean? Like they have a crew, and that that was the really like nerve wracking thing. Um, you're right. Nobody, no, and predictably, nobody nationally talking about Josh Allen's three turnovers that almost lost the game. And I love Josh Allen. Like, that's what upsets me that, like, I have to, you know, do this. But, like, to be fair, he had three turnovers against a really bad Dolphins team that was 31st in the NFL in takeaways this year. I mean, like, that that is a real thing that, <laughs> that nobody – and the Bills led the NFL in turnovers. I mean, so, like and, – and to your point, like, Brian Dable leaving and that happening all of a sudden is an interesting thing. And then I, I mentioned this on the NFL show. If you define a, a clean game as no turnovers for a quarterback, no interceptions, no fumbles, Daniel Jones had seven of them in his first three years in the NFL, and he has nine of them now, just this season. Like, that is Brian Dable. It's wild. It's like to go because he was just a fumbling machine. At one point, he was almost like fumbling, or I forget what it was. I think there was a point where I combined his fumbles interceptions, and it was almost like Wentz like. It was just like one, mm-hmm. at least one per game. Like, you could count on him to turn it over. And the progress he's made there, I, I, some of that, as we, we kind of talked about offline, I wonder if there's like some regression back to the mean coming next season. I don't know. I'm not ready to say it's all fluky. I do kind of wonder some of that. But I think you do have to give Dable credit for lowering those turnovers a lot. Well, we have landed the transition perfectly because joining us now, not live, but live as we're recording this on the NFC's mixtape for the second week in a row, the wow. main man, the head honcho, the king of the emperor over at SB Nation's Big Blue View. It is Ed Valentine. Ed, what did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> this again? What did I have for breakfast today? I had waffles for breakfast. You today. go syrup or dry? Like, what's your protocol here? Uh, you can't. You you can't do dry, guys. You just can't. I do agree. Dry. Hey, what are you doing? No, uh, do we a dry were, waffle over there, RJ. We were wondering, Ed. Joe Shane was hired before Brian Dable, correct? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, wow. So right now I'm kind of um, like the the center of the ring. I got BLG on one corner. I got Ed on the other. The winner gets a free stack of waffles. Uh, mm. New York Giants visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. The line is seven and a half still at the moment. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. DraftKings. Yes. So um, right, first question before we get to that, Ed, what does it feel like to have the NFC beast back alive and thriving? Three of the four teams left in the division around. This is this is cool. This is the way it should be, guys. This is the way it's supposed to be. The NFC beast. You know, there's there, there's three of us here. There's 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 one team missing, but who are, I don't even remember who they are. I'm not sure they know who they are anymore. But but yeah, this is 
this is kind of fun. I'm enjoying this. Ed, what is the biggest difference, I guess, from the last time the Eagles and Giants played? Let's say like a meaningful or normal game, like the Week 18 game. It's kind of weird to compare um, given the circumstances in that one. What do you think is the biggest difference between the Giants of Week 14, which, you know, the Eagles blew out, uh, and this Giants team now? Well, I, I think there are two differences, Brandon. I think that defensively, I think that what you're going to see is a healthier Giants team. I think that what you're going to see and, – and look, the Eagles have a really good offense. They're going to score points. The Giants don't have a defense that that resembles the 1985 Bears, okay? They, they have a, a good defense – but they will have Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney, and Adoree Jackson in this game. And I would argue that those are three of their five best defensive players. So, so I think that's a big help for the Giants. And I think that the, the other difference offensively, I'm not going to say that it's Daniel Jones, but what I, what I'm, what I look at with the Giants is the evolution of this offense. The, the very beginning of the season, they were a run first, throw it when they had to, throw it on, on their terms only, a lot of bootleg, the simplest possible throws they could, they could give Daniel Jones. And they're different now. They're a much more balanced offense. They're entirely willing to allow Daniel Jones to go back and throw the ball on first down. I see them as a not an offensive juggernaut, but a more balanced offense that presents a defense with with more things to think about. Ed, uh, you, myself, and Pete Sweeney talked about the Giants went over the Vikings on the NFL show this week. People can go listen to that if they'd like. We're obviously spinning forward here. Um, I, I mean, is is this you know is is this the match? Is it? Do you feel confident in this matchup? I guess because as a Cowboys fan, over the weekend it was like, okay, well if X, Y, and Z happens, you know Dallas is going here, Dallas is going there. Um, you know we we ran a poll at bloggingtheboys.com after um, Saturday and said, okay, would you rather face the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers? And like ninety percent of people said the Eagles. So a lot of people are terrified of the Niners right now. Is this the is this the matchup you would like? I mean, do you do you feel confident here? I mean, like what what's the level of of confidence here? Well, confident is probably not a good word, okay? The Eagles are the number one seed. They're at home. They're they're the better team. Everyone will acknowledge that, all right? But I love this. I love this matchup. I love being the New York Giants right now because the Giants are going to Philly. Nobody expects them to win. The Giants have nothing to lose. And how much fun, how delicious would this be for the New York Giants to go to not only beat the Eagles, but to walk into Philly and beat the Eagles. So so I I love everything about this. Uh, RJ, you know, you talked about how all those streaks were kind of broken with Mike McCarthy, you know, whatever, the blue jerseys, the right, grass, right. all these, all these, like, the Giants don't beat the Eagles. Like, that's just, like, for a long time now. And Ed <laughs> knows that well. It's it's crazy because there was actually a point where you look at the all-time series and the Giants had a huge lead. And the Eagles actually took it back. And the Eagles are, are – are the, the Giants, rather, are the only team that the Eagles actually have a lead over now in the all-time series in the NFC East because of that domination for from years 
And I think it's been like since 2007, since the Giants have actually swept the Eagles. And the Eagles have done that to them, I think, eight times or something in that span. So it's kind of crazy. Just the, Including the, you know, this season, just to your point. Sure, which, you know, last game kind of weird. Um, but whatever, still it counts. Uh, so that would be that much bigger of a deal. Giants <laughs> could come into Philly and actually get this monkey off their back for a team that usually dominates them so well. I guess, Ed, um, you said confident maybe isn't the word you would use. What concerns you about this Eagles team specifically? Well, obviously it's a really good defense. It's it's an offense that when it's whole, you know, presents a ton of issues. Um, you know, can you guys just, by the way, just do me one favor, inactivate Boston Scott, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Boston Scott, who's built his career against the giants. Yeah, it is. I think, what is it like 10 or 11 of his 17 or 18 touchdowns for his career against the Giants? He's awesome against them. But, but look, the, the, there's, there's no one single thing that concerns me about the Eagles. The fact of the matter is, you know, they're. They're a deeper roster. They're a they're a better football team than the New York Giants are right now. So the the Giants are the underdog. They're they're you know David against Goliath in this matchup, um, and it, it is what it is. And and to be honest with you, the fact that it's two NFC East rivals, I mean that's that's why I love it. I mean I mean it it, it the Giants I I've said before that the Giants are playing with house money and in this matchup I think they are they have nothing to lose here if if they get blown out people are going to go oh well the 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 Eagles did that to them a few weeks ago so you know that's that's what we that's what we expected so if if the Giants make the Eagles sweat that's going to be a lot of fun and if they if they somehow manage to win the game you know then 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 that's just that's that's out of this world crazy but but yeah so i don't know i think the eagles there, there's a lot of things to to worry about when you're when you're the giants looking at the eagles I, i'm i'm so fascinated by this um i don't mean this in like a trolley way but i do think this is the worst matchup for the eagles in that like this is like you it's it's the most dilute what? so to speak like mm. it is because it is david versus goliath to ed's point right and ed i say this with look ed came in guns blazing on the nfl show just trying to dunk all yeah, of the cowboys who, who went in to win yeah. i'm going to be super respectful of, of the giants here they've had a great season but we mm. all can agree right like they, they have some limitations and, and they've surpassed all of them and good for them but like a, a, a cowboys eagles game would feel not goliath goliathy but you know it would feel like a matchup of two teams that are somewhat equal to one another it doesn't feel that way like on paper here the line doesn't reflect that again as mentioned seven and a half points here um so like this is a, a game where the eagles like kind of have to you know, they have they have way more to lose. And like that's the situation I kind of trust Brian Dable the most in Ed is is having nothing to lose. Like, and we've seen that like th- this man is when was the last time the Giants were favored against the Colts? Right. Like I I, I, am, <laughs> I am afraid of Brian Dable and I'm definitely they are the sleeping Giants. And I, I don't like that um, to, to be the team, you know, going up against them, especially for it to be not only your first playoff game. But, Ed, I think an underrated part is this is the first game of, of true significance for the Eagles since, what, the Bears game, Brandon? And even that, they had clinched a playoff berth. I mean, you're talking about it has been a long time since there has been no safety net underneath this Eagles team. Ed. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I, I love this because there's there's just nothing to lose from the Giants' perspective. And, and RJ, I, I 
I did kind of, I did mm. kind of come after you the other day. I, you know, but I, 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 I'm being nicer, <laughs> nicer today. I'm keeping the. You don't have to on. be. You I'm, don't have to I'm, be. No, I'm. Uh, RJ, you know, his team won last night. Dak Prescott played well. We got to give him that. You know, they need a new kicker. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe somebody on our, your staff or mine can go try out there, Brandon. I don't know, but they, they, they need some help in the. It, maybe they, maybe they should just go for two points. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but uh but listen, you know, Brian Dable came in this season, and the biggest thing that Brian Dable did this year, I think, was show a belief in his players, show that they're going to play to win. I was talking to uh to Mark Schofield earlier today on, on my show about this, and week one against the Tennessee Titans. The Giants went for two points down 20 to 19 with a minute and a half to go. They went for two points. And I remember Brian Dable being asked about the reaction on the sideline when even before they ran the play. And he said the reaction all across the sideline was F yeah, let's play to win this game. You know, let's just play. And that's how he's played all year. And I think that has been huge for the Giants, just that that belief in players from the coaching staff and that, you know, we're going to play to win at all times kind of kind of attitude. All right, Ed, I know you love predictions, so I have to ask, what is your prediction for this game? Again, the Eagles listed as seven and a half point favorites. I want to get your take on if they cover or not or win outright, whatever. I want to hear it. Uh, what do you got? Oh, I got to take the points, but I can't. I can't pick the Giants to win the game. I just can't do it. I, I, I want to. I want to, but, but right now, as I sit here on Tuesday, I just, I haven't talked myself into that one yet. I want to. Maybe by the time I make my pick at Big Blue View later in the week, I will. I will have talked myself mm. into that, but I haven't quite talked myself into it yet. Um. I'm still curious how healthy Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. is, to be sure. honest with you. I am I am curious about that because, because that changes the Eagles' playbook so much. It changes the dynamics of their offense. I mean, he's dangerous as a scrambler, you know, he's dangerous in the pocket, but but if they can't rely on him in you know in the designed run area and, and threaten that way that just changes a lot of things and and I'm I may change my mind if if we think that that Hurts is going to be limited but right now right now I'm playing it safe and and just taking just taking the points like I said I've got to uh, I've I've got to I've got to work on my on my on my confidence on my attitude on my ego a little bit and go out there on the limb and take the Giants to win this one but I can't quite do you it. You need yet. to be the guy that showed up to to Monday it's, Football Monday. It, it it it's only that's true. I I I realized that that maybe you know I sh- I should have brought that today. But. But I, 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 you know, I left my guns in the closet today. So what can I tell you? My quick take on Ed's (laughs) take there is I think it comes down to the talent thing. And I think the Eagles, like Ed used the term better team. I think that's a little bit more subjective in terms of like, it's a little bit more nebulous of a concept. Um, So I think you can make an argument. But the talent level, I think, is inarguable. The Eagles are like inarguably the more talented team. That doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win. Doesn't mean the talented teams always win. But I just think when you look at it, like from a talent perspective, certainly that's why they're favored by that much, and also why you think that even if this like ends up being a kind of a close game, which 
Giants deserve a lot of credit for being in a lot of close games. They kind of just that's what they do under Brian Dable. They just kind of hang around. Um, I just feel like if you're looking at it from the Eagles perspective, you have confidence that even if it is close, you have someone who's just going to make a play. Someone from this talented roster is going to make a play at some point. And I think that's kind of what you kind of come down to at the end of the day. I think if if the Giants win this game, it's a matter of of like we talk talent and whatever, like in making plays. It's just like death by a thousand paper cuts of Daniel Jones, right? Like like if you're an Eagle, <laughs> like but seriously, like we've all lost games like that, right? Like where if you're an Eagles fan, you're like, how is he doing? How's how do you pick up this first down on on third and nine, third and twelve, whatever? This we scramble, talked about like, this. We talked um, about this going into the Eagles Giants game in Week 14. Like I was talking with Ed, like the formula for victory is the Commanders approach. Like yeah, shorten the game, and it's kind of what the Ravens just tried to do to the Bengals the other night. Like shorten the game, and uh, go on these long drives and they did that uh, the vikings uh, giants did that well i thought they converted a lot of third downs i don't know how sustainable that is the amount of third downs they're converting against the vikings um but yeah certainly they can do it but that's what the giants are they have to be they have to be efficient mm-hmm. on offense they're not going to you know saquon barkley had the 28 yard touchdown run but it has been forever since barkley had one of those 40 50 60 yard runs that he's known for the giants have to be efficient they have to be mistake free the the path for the giants is always narrow it, it's always narrow because as 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 brandon said they're the they're the lesser of the two teams in terms of talent when it comes to to saturday night they're the lesser of the two and, and mistakes are going to kill them um this is revenge for 2008, Ed, when the Giants were the number one yes. seed and the uh, yes, it they could lost. Be. Um, and actually, if that happened, if the Giants won this game, all three of the teams that we cover uh, in the last 15 years would have been one and done as the top seed in the conference. Although the Cowboys have done it twice in the last 16 years. In 2007, it was Dallas. They went one and done. As, as Brandon, you're confused. Um, in 2007, Dallas went one and done in the playoffs, lost to the Giants. In 2008, the Giants is the one seed. The next year went one and done against the Eagles. Uh, in 2016, Dallas went one and done, although that wasn't a division rival. And then this would be the Eagles going one and done if they. What lost. about 2017? <laughs> I know, but I'm saying this would. I, I, obviously, there have been times where it has been successful. I'm saying this would be ti- uh, specifically a one and done time. But yeah, the Eagles won the Super Bowl as, as the one seed in 2017. I'm not saying it happens every time a team is. Gotcha. Lost. But um, Ed, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for all of the listeners, Ed and BLG will have a lot more stuff available at Big Blue View and Bleeding Green Nation throughout the week. Ed, walk a little bit taller. The Giants are very good. Um, I, I, I'm trying, but you know, I, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm getting old, RJ. I can't bring that fire. Well, you know day. what, Ed? Tomorrow, make it pancakes <laughs> instead of waffles. Ed Valentine, <laughs> thank you for joining us, everybody. Hope you have a great week. Um, wow, Brandon, are you nervous? You didn't give Ed, Ed a chance to plug anything, but uh, go to Big Blue View and the Big I mean, Blue podcast kind of feed. I said Big Blue View a thousand times. I mean, you and, say, and and he's going to be. Maybe you wanted to plug something they need coming up. There's going to be a lot of like. There's going to be the five questions. There are three reasons to lose, etc. Yeah. There's going to be all the crossover stuff this weekend. A lot anyway. of good stuff on Bleeding Green Nation and Big Blue View. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you agree with my take that maybe it's not the scariest, but it is a scary, like, and let me be very clear. Anything is scary, right? Like there's no, no, none of the eight teams feel safe right now. I was on Monday football Monday. Pete was like, I'm really terrified of the Jaguars, like for the Chiefs, mm. right? Um, so like nothing is easy. Nothing is safe. Nothing feels good. But there is this like, like we are waiting for the Eagles not to prove themselves. They prove themselves. Like that is a silly idea to, to think that they have to do that. But like, oh, like it is it is reached a point where it's like okay if you don't get it done then it all means nothing right like and again as somebody who has seen two teams go one and done again the eagles obviously won the super bowl is the one seed but like if the eagles go one and done at the hands of the little brother who they've dominated over and over and over again like it will be a long off season for philadelphia oh, it'll be a failure of a season and the eagles are in a spot here where there's there is a lot of pressure on them and it's a good point by ed and it's a fair one in terms of the how you can relish in being the underdog cuz the eagles did that once upon a time and it worked out well for them um, the Eagles need to win the Super Bowl this year, basically, or at least, you know, like, I, I mean, that sounds that. obvious. Well, well, hold on. I mean, look at well, what they have going on, though. There's so many free agents this offseason. Mm. They have, but they potentially might lose both coordinators. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to lose Gannon. I think they're going to hold on to Steichen, but we'll see. Steichen's and Kelsey's a little bit older, too, like kind of Kelsey the end of the road. Gone. Right. Um, you know, uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, like a lot of like, staples of the organization could be gone and maybe some for better in some cases. But And then, and then like a real thing, likely regression. Like the, I'm, I've come around on AJ Brown, but like, does, is he the same, you know, God I mean, mode dude next year? Maybe, but like, be better like, in theory. He's only like 24. Well, and to be fair, I thought it was impossible that the Cowboys could repeat as takeaway leaders in the NFL, but they did that. I mean, so anything is possible. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be, I think you're kind of looking at potentially a chief situation a little bit where you're kind of retooling a bit. You're still competing, but you're kind mm-hmm. of retooling the roster and there's some changes and there could be some growing pains within that. So, um, it's not like yeah, it's it's hard to say any kind of season is defined by a Super Bowl because one team wins the Super Bowl. But certainly, if you get knocked out of your first playoff game, especially because you just have so many advantages going into this one. I mean, the Giants are playing on a short week. They're going from Sunday to Saturday. And the Eagles, you know, have, have had the bye. Um, I, I just feel like there's every – and, you know, if the Eagles get by this team, if they happen to do that, then they're going to have a rest advantage against their next opponent too in the championship game because that team will be going from Sunday to Sunday as opposed to the Eagles going Saturday Interesting to Sunday. Interesting how now it's a rest advantage, but when I talked about the Cowboys being at a disadvantage, you didn't want to hear it. So anyway, um, mm. yeah, there's a lot of pressure. I don't feel – I genuinely don't feel worried. That's not trying to be disrespectful to the Giants. It's not that I don't think they have a chance to win. I just – again, I think it comes down to the talent and I feel good about the matchup. I just think the Giants can play their A-plus game, and it just might not be good enough because I just think at the end of the day, they lack some key pieces. And also, you know, look, I'm going to bring up the Vikings thing again. I was very consistent that I did not think the Vikings were the most impressive team. The team ranked 
28th in weighted DVOA was not the most impressive team. That's not to take away from the Giants win, but it's like, it's not like they beat like the most juggernaut team out there. Um, it was a good win. It was absolutely a good win for the Giants, but I think there reaches a point where uh, there's just a ceiling on this team. And I think this is kind of the ceiling. I do think it's funny, by the way, that you lauded the Giants for being in so many one possession close games, but it's this huge demerit that the Vikings, you know, were in so many one possession close games with a, a rookie head coach as well. But whatever. I'm not here to defend the Minnesota Vikings. The expectations for the Vikings. Why are the expectations higher the, anyway, for the Giants? Um, they were. Anyway. So tell me, what was the Vikings win total? Prediction I, don't, win I really don't here? know. If, what was if the Giants? Know, do you think the Vikings I, was higher I, than the Giants? I think they were, but like, are yeah. we talking, was it six and a half to five and a half? Like, or was it 10 and a half to five and a half? That is significant information that I don't have right now. So you use the word, um, was it pressure? Like you said, you're not worried. Fine. Call it pressure. It's call nine it and a half games, by the way. The Vikings over under? Yes. Versus well, the they Giants. Hit, they hit the over. Giants, I'm going to guess was six and a half. What was it? was seven. Okay. So yeah, two and a half games. Like, I mean, whatever. That's it's significant. Not- <laughs> significant. Anyway, so, um. I think this is the like, and I'm not trying to be trolly. Like I'm, but this is it's the divisional round of the playoffs, right? It's intense. So like, looking at it, I do think is this is the most pressure, worry, whatever you could assign to the Eagles. Like if you look at the other divisional round opponents, because if the Eagles lost a playoff game to the 49ers, it's like, hey, you know, the Niners are a machine, blah blah blah. Like you know, it sucks that we lost, but like you can square that a lot more easily in your mind. We talked about that with the Cowboys a moment ago. If the Eagles lost to the Cowboys, I know it would be annoying to no end, but it would be like, well, damn, like we don't want to admit this, but like, you know, they, they have a lot of good pieces. It wouldn't and they be beat, like it, a, an inexplicable loss. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be inexplicable. This is the most inexplicable that a loss would be. And so in that sense, it is the most pressure. It's a team that the, the Eagles have dominated. To your point, the Eagles have overtaken in the division rivalry standings. It is a, a wild card team. It's a team you have a rest advantage against. It's a team with a quarterback that you know was super prone to turning the ball over, with a rookie head coach, right? Like you couldn't line up all of the variables to be more favorable on paper. So that's why I'm saying I do think the pressure is a stupid word. Whatever you want to call it is higher with the Giants than it would be for anyone else. But maybe that also lends to the idea that the Eagles are much more likely to win. For my prediction of this game, uh, which, you know, I'm going to make it a thousand times just like Ed. I think the Eagles win. I do think, I think I'm going to say double digits, but it's not going to feel that way. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a close game until the end. Eagles pull away very late and they seal the deal kind of thing. Um, but I do think the Giants are going to hang around and be competitive. It's it's a lot. There's a lot of differences, as, which is why I wanted to ask Ed that question from, again, the last time they played in a really, truly meaningful game, the Week 18 matchup. It's, I know the that was a weird situation. You know, the Giants were resting starters. The Eagles are clearly not going all out to win in that game. Jalen Hurts had zero design runs. I would bet any amount of money that he's going to have more than zero design runs in this game on Saturday night. Um, so, yeah. So allow me to ask a few more questions. And they're what ifs because of the time that we're recording this. Um, and again, not a trolley thing. I offered the olive branch, people. What if Jalen Hurts... Imagine is- someone gave you an actual olive branch. Would you feel, like, peaceful with them? I, don't I, actually, think, I would be like, what is, what is this? I don't well, want this. I, I, I wonder what the, like, origin... Is. And the we've modern. asked some, some weird questions in the past on the mixtape, and people have been like, actually, this is why this is this. Like, what is the origin of the... like? To, like, at, at one, what am I going to do with an olive? That's branch? what I'm saying. Like, was there a point in time where, like, to broker peace, somebody literally gave someone an olive branch, and the person on the receiving end was like, "Oh, hell yeah!" Like, <laughs> like you what know, should, like, what should the modern olive branch be? Like, what should like someone like you can just give this thing to anyone, and it automatically creates peace between people? I took oh, yeah, a gift card. Gift. I was I was thinking a gift card could be. Um, but I don't know. Chick-fil-A controversial in some aspects and also not open on mm-hmm. Sundays, which is like, annoying if you're going to go to like, you know, 
Falcon like Stadium. a then like a coffee gift card, like mm. in whatever Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever your your flavor is. Someone, get, my my good friend Zach pointed out the difference between us is you're a Starbucks guy and I'm a Dunkin' guy. I'm a man of the people, and you're uh, you know living in your ivory castle up there. I'm a man of simplicity, and star- there are like Starbucks on every exit of the highway. Dunkins are just like a little bit more complicated to get to. So that's RJ. What is the national uh, animal of the United States of America? Okay. What who is, is it? Amer- who is America's team? What is it? What is it? What is it? So my question to you. Wait, what is, is the answer to that question? Uh, you know the answer. Um, so my question is, what is America's team? What is the panic level or is it nothing because it, it doesn't feel significant anymore? What is the panic level if Jalen Hurts is a limited participant in actually Tuesday's practice th- today, right? Because there will be one well, today. So it'll be on Saturday. Not a real practice on Tuesday. It'll be right. a walkthrough. So it's not really the best barometer. You would like so to see full. It's an estimated report. So it would still be a little bit concerning. He's limited. But again, it doesn't mean a ton because it's just a walkthrough. Um, so yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday will kind of be the real uh, revealing result from in that regard. Jalen Hurts, I don't know if you were able to catch this as you're preparing for the uh, Cowboys-Bucks uh, game last week, but Jalen Hurts didn't really throw a lot. He was held two practices during the bye week on Thursday. Kind of just was like throwing like, doing going through throwing motions with a towel like simulated throwing uh but then on friday he seemed to be full go so that seemed like a positive step in the right direction and also on lane johnson who's going to be playing through this very painful injury um eagles it seemed to me like there was kind of a positive vibe from him um it sounded like the injury wasn't fully as bad as he expected and to be clear i'm not saying like it's a, a minor deal now it's still a significant deal but he seemed to kind of have he seemed to be more me more optimistic that he might actually be able to play through this but those are both very volatile and both very significant. If Lane goes out there and he thinks he can play, but he can only get, you know, like 10 snaps into the game and has to come out, well, not very good. And also with Jalen, um, you know, we'll see where he's at this week. But if if that is something that kind of also maybe um, hampers him throughout the course of the game because he's going to be throwing more and more right, and right, using right. that shoulder, then that's tough. And I also think that kind of factors in how the Eagles might need to game plan for this from the sense of, I don't think you want this to be a game where Hertz has to throw 40 times. <laughs> I think you want to rely on the run if you can and kind of limit some of those passing Boston attempts. Boston Scott, baby. Boston Scott, inexplicably. I, I don't know if there's, and I'm, I'm, it's a genuine question. I, I want to know if there's ever just been like a role player who has consistently owned another um, team as much I mean, as he has. Santana Moss against the Cowboys, Deshaun Jackson against the Cowboys. Like, you know what I mean? There's, there's a few. But, I, I mean, those guys aren't, I mean, Deshaun's not a role player for sure. Well, I guess that's I mean, also but Moss like, would be above that. I would say Moss. Yeah, is a, I I just kind of went to like he's not the, a starter. P- people use the phrase like cowboy killer, giant killer, whatever. Like again, mm-hmm. like those are the players that came to mind. Jordan Hicks um, ended Tony Romo's career. Uh, Jordan Hicks also had to pick six off of uh, yeah, Matt Castle. Matt Castle. In, in, he was he was like a I I like that's why I like that's part of why I like Hicks so much. It's like he was, showed up. There was a weird like negative energy associated with that. By the way, on the subject of this, did you see what Chris Godwin did um, entering the game Monday night? No. So Chris Godwin wore a Miami Heat 2006 NBA Finals jersey um, on in the lead up, like on his way into the stadium on Monday night. This is significant because the Miami Heat beat the Dallas Mavericks in the 2006 NBA Finals. And I'm, I'm not a Mavericks fan. I'm a Spurs fan. Um, but it's like very common knowledge that like Mavericks fans despise Dwayne Wade. They felt like he, you know, it was the free throws and fouls and everything were just like ridiculous that entire series. So like it was this insane like 
trolling petty move to specifically it, it was not just a, a wade finals jersey obviously the heat were in a lot of finals with him but like a 2006 one specifically was a very conscious effort that kind of you know didn't work out for him so spurs are like the only team that we can probably both kind of root for ish do you know uh, do you know i'm that not a full-on probably... spurs fan but my dad used to like them randomly because he went to san antonio for like a work trip so he got like a spurs hat and mm-hmm. it was like the cool one with the teal oh, it was a black hat but it had like some of the teal like they're right. i forget the fiesta what... colors yeah fiesta colors and, uh, and i always loved tim duncan he was like my favorite player um so yeah do you know that kirk cousins is a spurs fan that's like a well now i don't like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh, so we'll see. There's going to be a really fun week. Uh, so we'll have an NFC East game on back-to-back days. I thought I had a question um, about oh, We got to get picks. the commanders real quick. I had a couple commanders thing. Okay. If you'll indulge me. I mean, it's so the, it's we haven't. East. Well, it's, it's, it, it seems everyone. Ron Rivera is safe, by the way. Like, we're, we're past the point where, like, that's like a, mm-hmm. a status watch. So he's going to be back for 2023. Um, we have yet to see any real change across the coaching landscape. No new coaches hired yet at the time of this recording. So what was your commanders thing? Well, they're interviewing Pat Shermer for their coordinator <laughs> job, which is, which instantly made me think this is the 2022 Panthers offensive coordinator search all over again. Which you know they were looking for a quote unquote rock star right. uh, under Matt Rule, and they ended up with Ben McAdoo. Um, and they were interviewing; they were just like interviewing the most pathetic candidates consistently. So I'm I'm kind of worried for the sake of the Commanders that this is kind of what's on that path because why? I mean, I know Shermer has the connection with Rivera. They're both, you know, assistants in Philly. There's that connection under the Andy Reid uh, coaching tree. But come on, man. Like, really? That's your answer to get, to get Pat Shermer back into the game? So that would be really pathetic, uh, number one. Did you have anything on that? I mean, I feel identically. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't have anything to add. And then number two, there's been a lot of uh, ownership rumors, you know, kind of like some Bezos has come up again in terms of what he did, didn't offer maybe for the team. Oh, I did see this. Okay. You can check out Hogshaven has a better, you know, collection of like all of that information. One thing that I thought was interesting is Philadelphia 76ers owner, Josh Harris, who also owns like the Devils and I think Crystal Palace. I don't know if he still owns them or if he sold them. Um, but he has been looking into NFL ownership before. I think like there was a potential mention of a Steelers in the past or something. Uh, but it uh, sounds like he might be in the mix for the commanders, which would be very weird that the same owner for three different kind of like tri-state area, like a, the Devils, which is, you know, New, New Jersey, Jersey, but right, basically right. right by New York because they play right by the Giants. And then Philly, a Philly team, and then a commanders team or Washington team, which, by the way, Josh Harris is actually from D.C. or that area. So um, could happen. Uh, weird is all I have to say about that. Being strange. Um, what are the... I mean, it's like the commanders have weird vibes in general, but like it has to be like a low thing to be like not only the only team in the division that didn't make the playoffs, but the only one who didn't reach the division around. Right. Like, it, like you know, like the jokes write themselves like, you know, it's just it's a tough, tough scene for a commanders fan right now. I mean, could could all four make the division around? I guess. Right. Or no, you, you could. If, well, let me let's let's think this out. If like play it out this way, if they had been the seven seed. Yeah. Because you would have had five, six, okay. seven seeds win their matchups, um, which almost happened, but didn't happen. But like in this case, if they had beaten the Niners instead of if they had gotcha. been the Seahawks and beaten yeah. the Niners, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah. it could have happened. That'd so, be crazy. Just like guaranteed NFC East uh, Super Bowl representative. That'd be crazy. Well, we we do have a guaranteed NFC East title game representative, obviously yes. with the Eagles and Giants. And j- just for literal clarity, if this the is Giants so funny. It's not funny. It's, it's real. If the Giants I was win, listening to Monday Football Monday when you said this, and I said, give me a break. 
it's true though. Like how do, how can of you say it's like, give true? Me, but like you're just like what is, the, what is the well, chance? Like, what are the odds on this? I, I mean, the it, they're long. The Giants are seven and a half mm-hmm. point underdogs. But like, it's my job to like provide information about the Dallas. I will Cowboys. give you this the answer to this question. So you you explain it. Um, if the if we go in chronological order, if the Giants won on Saturday night, then the winner of Cowboys Niners would host the NFC Championship game. So the Niners have a chance to host the title game as well, um, just as much as not as just as much. They're favored, but um, you know. So my point is, if obviously if the Eagles lose, they won't host the NFC Championship game. But the Giants winning opens the door because they are a wild card team for Sunday's winner to host the NFC title game. We could technically get Cowboys Giants NFC title game at AT and T Stadium. The odds of that happening per DraftKings Sportsbook, if you're going to do a two, like a, a parlay with Giants money line and Cowboys money line, would be plus 862. So you could bet $100 to win, or sorry, for a payout of $962. Mm. So if you think that's likely. Well, what were the odds of the go Chargers blowing a 27 point lead last Saturday? I mean, against Doug, very likely because <laughs> Doug Peterson teams come back in games and they come back in seasons. He has consistently um, done that. Shout so, out to Doug. Love Doug. I, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win, too. I might take the points, and I want to see like how the line moves. Um, but I'm, I'm leaning take the points, take the Eagles at this point. Um, it's but, hard not to take the points when you saw what happened for the most of Wild Card Weekend. Like, well, I know the and, Bucks got blown out, but... And, like, let us be the first to say, like, we're, we're the first to coin NFC Beast and NFC Lace, that Divisional Weekend is the best weekend of the NFL. Like, Wild Card mm-hmm. games are fun, but the, this is generally a crazy weekend like the games are all generally very crazy um you normally don't get like blowouts and things like that maybe that does happen but but it historically is a really fun kind of back and forth thing but um i forgot what my point was um i'm gonna take the eagle i disagree with that but anyway what, what is the best nfl weekend then i love the championship weekend because i just think it's just well, it's not a weekend though it's one day i mean that's well whatever know, that's I like this, that i'm kind of cheating here Okay, sure. I know. Yeah, if you're spreading, I get why people argue for it, but just personally, I love the stakes of a championship game. It just feels sure. like so life or death. Just getting the chance to play in the Super Bowl sometimes almost feels better than the Super Bowl, especially because like it's just weird. The Super Bowl is kind of a, it's like a fake kind of game in some ways, in terms of like it's a neutral site, and then there's um uh there's all the lead up and it's there, it, beco- it becomes like so plastic in a lot of ways yeah and the the teams aren't rivals a lot of the times like it's it's just a inter it's afc team versus nfc teams that really never meet like there's not a lot of tension there so i think the championship games uh tend to be better than the super bowl but that's just a me thing you said you're going to take the eagles to win uh, but um, not cover well again i want to see what the line is like we'll, if it, we'll like make if, picks again on right, the Thursday, right. i'm just the saying like episode. i i already like the seven and a half points but like you know, if I can get more, I want to get more. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but that would so be getting, a bad sign if it's trending in that way, though. Well, that's why I want to see the practice reports and stuff. But that's my general, like, take. Because I'm going to take the Eagles and the points, though. Um, but so at this point, and obviously, I don't think enough teams who secure the one seed get credit for reaching the division around. Like, like people don't treat that like a playoff win. It's not a it playoff is. win. Well, well, then Dak Prescott has an extra playoff win. Like, you know, that's I mean, not like, I mean, in terms of like the no, that, function that, of it. Yeah. That, that's my point. Like people don't give enough credit to that. Like, so if the Eagles do lose, they'll be like, well, Jalen Hurts never won a playoff game. It's like, well, dude, he got them to the divisional round of the playoffs. Like that, that is like, if you get this first round by now, obviously there used to be two of them, but like you automatically put yourself a home game away from the title game. Right. Like that is a big time thing if you do that. And so um, but in a literal sense, it won't be a playoff win if the Eagles lose. And so Brian Dable has a playoff win as the head coach of an NFC East team. Mike McCarthy now does. Nick Sirianni, mm-hmm. the only one who does that. Just putting that wow. out there. Um, okay. I have one question for you that I saw uh, while we were recording this. But, and by the way, as we wrap everybody, so you know, uh, we will have a second episode later this week with a, a more 
heavy focus on the Cowboys Niner side of things and obviously an update on Giants Eagles and how that progresses throughout the week. But you ready for my question? I am. Wait. Now I'm ready. Okay. I saw this um, worded one way. I'm going to change it a little bit Hmm. for a million dollars. All right. If you had to eat five pounds of some food in an hour, what food are you picking? Hmm. There's definitely like a right answer to this, and I'm not smart enough on the spot. I to think, think you're going to miss it. And when I tell you what I saw, you're going to be like, that's a good answer. But you probably will have like a reason why you wouldn't pick this anyway. But go ahead. I can't think. Five pounds is a lot. Five pounds, I think, is like probably my limit of what I could like. If I had to go like hand, if I, I can eat a lot. Trust me. I've, I've once eaten like two pizzas at a time. Two you're large 65. Pizzas. Like, yeah, you know, it's a lot of fuel. That you I've need. once eaten, um, I think it was two 16-inch hoagies at the hoagie shop, sub shop that I used to work at. Um, so I can eat a lot if I want to. I don't have to eat that much, but I can. I think five pounds would be like – it would be tough. It would be a challenge. I think I could do it uh, more than most people can, certainly. But what's the answer to the question? What well, is the, I want to hear your answer before I tell you. Like I, I was like going to say cotton candy, but that's, that's that's like a lot of cotton that was, candy. That was though. the answer I saw was oh, cotton wow. candy. <laughs> yeah. That's like a lot of cotton candy, though, because it's so light. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's you, so much you might sugar. get like physically tired of like the eating like mechanism. Yeah, your jaw, yeah, it does. That right. happens to you. Yeah, your jaw gets tired. It gets sore. Um, there, I don't know. I feel like there has to be a better answer than that. Like, like a food that's maybe dense. Uh, what about like um, like watermelon? I just wouldn't want to do that. I'm not the biggest watermelon guy. For I don't a million gross, dollars, though? Just, I'm not excited about it. I mean, sure. I mean, if I have to, I would attempt it or I could. Well, that's but what like... we're, we're trying to come up with the best answer. I think like seedless watermelon, you don't got to worry about the stuff like it's it's mostly water. Like, you you know what I mean? You have an hour. I mean, I think watermelon's a fair answer. Hmm. Not the biggest watermelon guy. What about would you consider soup? It's a lot of soup. Five pounds. Um, it's a lot of soup. <laughs> so I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if you can do that. Do you think it's acceptable to say fried chicken? So, but like you're kind of cheating because the bones are factored into the weight, but you're obviously not eating that weight. Yeah, that doesn't count. You have to. It has to be all food. You're, five pounds like of consumption. Five pounds of consumption. Yeah, right. you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? Like get like a, you know, like one of these um like tomahawk steaks or right. whatever. Like, uh, yeah. The, the um, I'm sticking with watermelon. I thought about like pudding or something or or like rice. Well, you know? RJ, we want to hear from the listeners on this topic. Okay. <laughs> so what would you eat? If you had to eat five pounds of something for in an hour, dollars. that's the thing. It has to happen. It's not just like a day in How one about hour. This? NFC feast. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag NFC feast. That's a, the F NFC feast for your answer to this question and tag me at Brandon Gowton and tag RJ Choa at RJ Ochoa on Twitter and Instagram. Wow. What a great moment for you. Um, wow. This was a strong show by me. I feel good about this one. You you were really and like you were really diplomatic. I thought like you came in and you were like, hey, I got to give the Cowboys credit. Got to give Dak credit. Got to give McCarthy credit. Still couldn't get you to give the Vikings like a semblance of credit, but you know that's not my my cross to bear. Um, so I'm okay with that. Um, I'm well rested coming off the bye, just like the Eagles. I was chilling, got some things done that I uh, hadn't had a chance to get to in a while. You know, so you know it's good. Got to, to hang out uh, a little bit. It's good times. What did you think? Last question of the trailer for the Mandalorian. During the Cowboys game. I did not see like so I watched the game with Holden and I was like so I was kind of talking to him and he um so I didn't like fully see it and like take it in uh, I'm working through Andor still right now definitely a slower start but uh it's picking up I- I'm liking it more I than I thought I was at the beginning of the season 
I don't know if I told you this. I talked about it on our postgame show a few times. Uh, my wife and I decided to watch all of the Star Wars material, but she wanted to do in timeline order. She hadn't seen a lot of it, and I have never done it that way, and I was kind of skeptical. You know what I mean? Because I thought it would be weird to like have all this modern stuff, and then you get to the older movies. Mm-hmm. I got to yeah. say, it hits hard. Like This is the okay. way to do it. I, I would not recommend any other way. Um, so I haven't seen all of Book of Boba Fett, um, but we're we're at that now. But like going straight into that after episode six was nice. Um, and so watching Andor when we did was really, really, really nice. So I highly recommend Timeline Order to anybody. Yeah. I do have a problem. Not like problem might be a strong word. I do think it's a little annoying. Uh, Disney's approach to the uh, I forget where I heard this term from different podcasts, like the Wikipedia filling entry levels of like their content. It's like we have to fill it. We need to fill this story we have to fill this story. And it's like maybe you don't always need to do that. Um, but my question for you uh, as we riff here at the end of the podcast is how would you feel about doing that with the Marvel movies? Because I've seen because I was getting into mm. the back during like uh, the pandemic, I guess spring of 2020. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into the MCU movies. I'd seen like one, I'd seen like Black Panther. I'd seen um, Winter Soul. No, um, the first uh, Captain America, I think. Uh, oh, the, the first Avenger. Yeah, right. I'd seen those. So I'd seen a couple. I'd seen like parts of the Avenger, the first Avengers movie. But, uh, you know, some people suggest that you should watch it in like the chronological t- MCU timeline. The timeline order, right. Uh, in terms of, yeah, where the events transpired. But I watched it in the order of release order. How do you feel about that? So Marvel's obviously on the up and up the way, you know, Star Wars is, right? Like you're talking like advanced level storytelling. This isn't just like some, you know, silly little one-off franchise or whatever. I, I really like the timeline order, dude. Like I think mm. there are things that like I, I feel confident would have gone over my head if we had done them in release order. Um, and like certain characters and just co- like tiny little things that just give you a deeper sense of appreciation for everything. Um, I will say these, these like hobbies are becoming too difficult. It's like a good um, job. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's too many. Like, I haven't seen uh, She-Hulk as an example. Like, it's like I liked it. I, well, but it's like you got to watch that to like appreciate this one scene in this one movie that will come out in the future. Like, that's a that's a lot of responsibility. Well, Loki, not to spoil things for people, I, mean, I won't get too into it. But Loki certainly, the TV series is uh, right, right, right. Disney Plus series is certainly uh, like that. I agree with you. And now it's like I kind of hate that. Like. Yeah, you know, like you've ever heard the expression like, oh, when uh when David Akers was the field goal kicker for the Eagles, I didn't even have to watch. I would go to the bathroom and get a drink <laughs> when David Akers was kicking field goals. Um, like a similar sort of thing is like I can't even bounce at, like when the credits start anymore. It's like I hate this like culture that's like mm. put oh, yeah, the scene everyone. in the movie. Like, why do I have to see like you're taking more of my time now? Like I don't like that idea. I kind of um, like staying after the th- just because I don't like getting up when everyone gets up and you're trying to like fight people. But basically everyone is out. doing it. Like, the- <laughs> not everyone. No, not everyone. You I get mean, casuals the- who kind of leave. But yes, I get your point. A lot of people still do. And honestly, and then they'll do the double credit post scene credit scene. But so then like you have to sit even longer. I so know. You sit there, <laughs> see the credit, and then you have to wait longer. Yeah, that is. It's also very un uh, twenty twenty three exactly um wow i think we just solved movie making watch glass onion i really really enjoyed that movie so i have so many things i have to get to rj i'm again i'm still catching up on andor um it i know that it's slow i don't know what episode you're on but you will know when it hits it hits yeah like, i'm like if like i think i'm like four or five away from the finale so yeah it's a good but spot. like the, the moment where it, you're like you're gonna be like holy crap all right everybody was right like it did pick up like you'll you'll know yeah. and you'll so start up. picked up yep we didn't talk all pros or anything like that, but it's kind of like yesterday's news at this point. Um, so shout out to all the players who made it. 
Um, and yeah, let us know what food you would eat five pounds of in an hour if you had to. And we look forward to asking Rob Stasker that question on the second edition of the NFC East mixtape this week. Brandon, as we leave, please let us know your favorite thing about the sun. I like clouds better. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Claude3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Anthropic.